Swimsuit? Check. Sunscreen? Check. Phone charger? Check. Don't forget to pack the 5-Hour Energy. It fits great in a pocket or carry-on, and the alert feeling will help you arrive ready for anything. Now get 20% off when you use code 5HETRAVEL at 5HourEnergy.com. Expires April 30th. One-time use only. Not valid with other discounts. Remember, visit 5HourEnergy.com and use code 5HETRAVEL to save 20%. Chris Ryan, this hour brought to you by Manchester Boston Regional Airport. Governor Chris Sununu in about eh, 10, 15 minutes here on Hampshire as he responds to some of the criticism and praise he has received for his speech slash sketch at the Gridiron Dinner down in D.C. in Washington over this past weekend. Dean Spolitz here with us in studio, and we're excited to have with us my friend Becky Whitley, State Senator from Hopkins. And Becky, how are you? Good, good to be here. Thank you for coming in. So let's start with this session and crossover took place uh, this past week. Take us through where things are at, some of the legislation that you like, some of the legislation that you don't, and a kind of a general direction as to where things are headed. Right. So crossover is usually a really long day in the state house, but it wasn't. I mean, we were out of there by five and uh, it was, you know, some good stuff, some bad stuff. You know, I'll start with the bad the like your style yeah (laughs) the republican majority passed a really problematic voting rights bill sb 418 and basically it's very restrictive for overseas military which is super problematic Mm -hmm. meaning like they're across the you know on the other side of the globe fighting for our freedoms and we're going to restrict their right to vote so that that's super problematic um and it's also unnecessary like the you know what was problematic is that, you know, we know that our elections are very safe, reliable, accurate. It's been shown time and time again, yet we keep seeing these bills that are trying to um, make voting more restrictive. Mm-hmm. And it's just not necessary. And so from my perspective, it's all driven by this rhetoric, you know, that was from Trump about how, you know, of mass voter fraud, which it's just not the case. And so it's disappointing to see that rhetoric in the state house. But we had some really good stuff that was bipartisan, you know, come across uh, on Thursday. A couple of my bills. One, you know, something that I know you care deeply about, uh, children's mental health. Mm -hmm. We had a bill that looked at making sure that young children had all the services that they needed and that their families did, too. We They had actually recommended – that it would be killed and financed, but we flipped that and we got it passed in a voice vote. That was super exciting. I worked with Senator Hennessy, Senator Carson, Republicans to get a floor amendment to get it across. Um, and then we also got a very cool bill, uh, a farmer's market bill. Mm-hmm. So there is a um, – last year we did – on the SNAP program, we added farmer's market program. This year we added it to WIC. So super pumped about that. Uh, hi, Becky. I have a question for you. So um, I, I no longer have children in the public school system, but I'm fascinated by this uh, this voucher program that the state is now running and just the, the cost estimates. And so just like h- how did all of that ha- come to pass if it is, in fact, as off in terms of the, the ultimate cost uh, and, and what can be done about it? Yeah, that's a good question. Yeah, I was sort of shocked that it got so much traction. It really was a priority of the Senate Republicans. It wasn't a priority of the House Republicans. And so in the budget process, it was really shoved in the budget. It had, 
it had actually been muted in the House. They got rid of it, but it was a priority and they, they shoved it in the budget. And it was surprising because I think for the party that's so concerned with fiscal responsibility, how can you shove a program in the budget that didn't really have appropriate cost estimates and it's already blowing the budget? By millions, right? I mean, millions, millions. Because it's a popular program, yeah. right? And the essentially other- allows you for the listeners, it allows you to you get basically get uh, some money to, to use however you would like for for secondary education. Is that right? Uh, the voucher program? Yeah. No, you get a lot of you money. You get a lot of money. Okay. To go to pro- you get a lot of money to bring your kid to take your kid out of public school yeah. and use public dollars to go to a private right. school or right. religious That's school. That's a voucher. Yep. Right. So um, again, as I've talked about before, I am supportive of that type of a program, but I think it has to be done within the context of a school that excuse me, a school plan that promotes robustly our public school system as well. I think that if public schools are not working for kids, there should be options to them for them to either go to other public schools in the area or to a a private school as well. But um, I I have still concerns in regard to how this program is executed. And one of my concerns is that um, I have heard of private schools increasing tuition um, as a result of this. So there is more money that is uh, available for them. So they are looking at potential of increasing revenue and increasing their tuition costs to um, you know create a, a better situation for. For them, um, back to the mental health situation and um, kids, and this is one of the, the major challenges our state has been facing for many, many years, and the problems have grown as a result of the pandemic, where we're hearing of really challenging situations in our public schools with kids and and behavior. So how would this program work in that realm? Yeah, absolutely. So the reason why this bill was so important, it was Senate Bill 444, is that instead of dealing with a kid or a family when they were in crisis, this bill takes that whole system and shifts it towards prevention. Mm -hmm. So it's like, you know, let's figure out upstream. Let's identify those children and families that we're going to need extra support. Let's give them those interventions. For example, like, you know, there's there are certain interventions for very young children and families if trauma has already Mm -hmm. occurred. Right. So we so we just don't have a a lot of that. So that's part of this bill. But also we have this system of primary prevention. Like how do we prevent abuse and neglect? How do we prevent that trauma? Which oftentimes when you're seeing kids that are, you know, really out of control in school, it could be an underlying mental health diagnosis, but it could be the result of trauma. So let's prevent that trauma before it happens. Yeah. I also think it's important uh, for conversations to take place about mental health and for in order for us to achieve uh, parity, there's a number of things that have to take place. Parity meaning um, it's mental health viewed the same as physical health as it should be since it's all interconnected into one body. Um, and, but I think that stigma still exists, and that stigma very often is passed down from parents to kids. So conversations you know, should take place about mental health with options being available to uh, the parents and kids to receive mental health care. The challenge that exists there, as we well know, is workforce shortage. Mm-hmm. Um, so obviously this is a really good and important step, but what steps after this do you think need to come uh, in order to make sure that we do have a system where there is you know, the hub, but also the spoke? Well, funny that you should say that. You could have helped me write the bill, Chris, because we do in, part of that. It was a big bill. There's a lot in there because we have, you know, 
a significant amount of dollars flowing to the state. So part of that bill was workforce capacity. Mm-hmm. So because you, you've identified the problem, like, you know, we have even if we have these interventions that we are going to pay for, we don't have enough you know, mm-hmm. staff. So built into it using ARPA dollars, because this is a good use of one time funds is to to build workforce capacity. So that's right in there. You can't expand services without addressing workforce. You just can't. Mm-hmm. So what happens right now if let's say a kid has a problem and mm-hmm. kids acting up in school He's continually, you know, having temper issues, whatever. And the school is having to handle that. What does that process look like for a a kid with behavioral issues and how does that need to change? Yeah. So a lot of times, you know, everything is really local in New Hampshire. So a lot of times, like, you know, if there's a school district that has like a ton of special ed services or their own behaviorist, you know, like in Hopkinton, that kid would get services right there, yep. right? So sometimes that kid would get referred to the mental health center and maybe wait, you know, because they have workforce capacity mm-hmm. problems. In a in a in an ideal situation, every school has been able to implement this sort of multi-tiered systems of support. So that kid, you know, was getting supports that were identified in kindergarten. So that's the prevention side that that kid wouldn't get there. And then when you know you do see a kid maybe at risk of something's going to happen, they get referred immediately. And then if that kid's in crisis, then the referrals happen immediately. There there is an existing model this tiered intervention that just isn't in every new hampshire school but it needs to be so becky what do you think is going to happen with marijuana legalization the house has done its usual passing of legalization we're now in new england essentially an island surrounded by canada and and all the other states around us having legalized it any any predictions for what will happen in the senate I mean, I I think history tells us that legalization really dies in the Senate. I am supportive of legalization. You are. I was going to ask you your position. Yeah, absolutely. You know, I do think that, you know, I'm a child advocate. Like, I care deeply about children. I do think that there needs to be rigorous protection so we're not marketing to children. Of course. Um, But unfortunately, like, in the Senate, you know, you have both on both sides of the aisle. Leadership is just very against it. But we'll see what happens. I think it is a different circumstance because you have a bill that, you know, the governor has signaled he would be more receptive Mm -hmm. to. But I don't think that matters on that. Take us through how the infrastructure is different on this bill as well, because I've I've talked about this a lot in the past. And I thought that there had to be an infrastructure put in place before you do legalizations. The people could see what it was going to look like, what the. You know, support was going to look like on the back end if there's issues from a legal side of things. You know, person is driving uh, under the influence, um, rehabilitation, like all that stuff needs to be a part of where it's going to be sold, how it's going to be regulated, all that before you do legalization. It seems like that infrastructure is in place, no? Yeah, it's a house bill, so I don't know a ton about it, but right. my understanding is that it's through the state liquor system, which right. is already a highly regulated system in New Hampshire. So certainly, you know, those controls can be be built in. You do need the public health, you know, things built in, particularly for marketing to children. So I don't know if that's built in yet. We'll have to take take a look. Becky, as always, thank you so much. Great to see you in person and I'll uh, look forward to talking again soon. Thanks for having me. Becky Whitley joining us here on New Hampshire Today, State Senator from Hopkinton. I am Chris Ryan. Coming up next, Governor Chris Sununu talks about his speech slash sketch on a Saturday night down in DC at the Gridiron Club dinner. I am Chris Ryan. This is New Hampshire Today. Swimsuit? Check. Sunscreen? Check. Phone charger? Check. Don't forget to pack the 5-Hour Energy. It fits great in a pocket or carry-on, and the alert feeling will help you arrive ready for anything. Now get 20% off when you use code 5HETRAVEL at 5HourEnergy.com. 
Expires April 30th. One-time use only, not valid with other discounts. Remember, visit 5hourenergy.com and use code 5HETRAVEL to save 20%.